Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. I think we are witnessing, depending on if it continues, one of the greatest comeback stories in Denver. Denver sports. The Rockies right now hold that title. And what they did, you know, I think they won... 13 of 14 or 14 of 15 to get into the playoffs. I think that I'm including that, that one game playoff as well. Mm-hmm. That was beyond remarkable. Uh, but right now the Broncos have won five straight. They're back in the playoff conversation when they were one in five. Was there, were there any indications to you that this turnaround was possible? No. Despite the fact no. Sean Payton saying, well, look at the Detroit Lions from last year. No, not in the way that they've done it. What I think that you could see, if you were paying attention, was things that they started to do better, more consistently. Um, you saw remarkable room for improvement, and you figured, if you put your faith in Sean Payton, that he would get it figured out in some fashion. How would it manifest itself? Um, eight and nine, seven and ten, something like that, which would still have been a fairly successful second half of the season. But now they put themselves in a position that I don't think anyone could have realistically seen. Now, I will say this. There are guys in that locker room that have been very consistent with the message. This is, the, you know, yes, what we've seen I thought was possible. Mike McGlinchey told me that yesterday. Uh, Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson is always all, sunshine. R- r- always the the glass is more than half full. It's full all the time. But Russell Wilson has been a very consistent message about this team is going to get. I've got a lot of faith in these guys. Blah blah. Now that now we're to that point, I, I would like to see the person with the straight face that said, "Oh yeah, I saw this five in a row, no problem." But what I will say is this that incrementally they have continued to get better. They have grown on it. They have built on the foundation and got to a point where yesterday they played a damn good football game. There was nothing quirky about the way that they won. There was nothing to split hairs about the way that they did it. They were the better football team. They did what the Cleveland Browns wanted to do and what they generally do, third best rushing attack in the NFL, first best defense in the NFL. Well, the Broncos flipped the script on the Browns and outbrowned the Browns. It's a pretty good place to be right now. And still with, I think, the belief that they've got a lot of lot of room still to improve under that under that ceiling. This offense yesterday did things that I didn't think was possible. And it was a brilliant game plan. Totally. This was a game where you can look at Sean Payton and say, this is the guy that they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Completely out-game-planned Jim Schwartz. 
and this defense, this Browns defense, that historically is on pace to be one of the best defenses in the regular season in NFL history. But what we're seeing from this defense is is a type of defense that you would see out of the NFC, excuse me, the AFC North. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, AFC North teams, great running game, and defenses that don't just beat you, but beat you up. Yeah. And I am kind of wondering a little bit. I don't think it's in their head to spear. I don't think it is in their mindset to launch. But I do think it is in their mindset to give you a little extra business. A little like a little a little calling card on I'll be back. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. You want to come yep. over the middle? You can come over again, but I'm going to whack you first and see if you're willing to come over the middle again. I didn't like playing through the ball on the at the goal line by PJ Locke. I did not like that. That that was to me a, a silly penalty, and you basically gave him three points because they ended up missing the two point conversion. So you basically gave him three points there. The the call on on Browning. I was I my eyes were on that play and it was like you're not going to call that you're not going to call that 1003 1004 1005 What do you mean that? what do you mean And then you finally called it I mean they, the the call wasn't made until probably 5 seconds after it happened They just changed the rule Okay Mhm I think there are only two people on this planet let me rephrase that There are only two people in Denver that believe that was a penalty I put something out on Twitter about that. I said, here's the rule. Yeah. This is the rule, period. You cannot launch at another player, specifically a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. That is a rule now. And you can't hit a quarterback, whether it's with your shoulder or with your helmet, above his neck. He had a busted up lip. Did he do that with his knee? Did he do that with his elbow? I would have liked to have seen the call. If it was that obvious of a call to you, it should have been obvious to the person making it. It's the call. not, it doesn't matter if it's obvious. What they did look at, which is unfortunate, they looked at the result. And when a guy is lying on the ground, well, I better do something. That's my point. Okay. But at the end of the right. day, if you, and people went after me on Twitter when I put out what the rule was, mm-hmm. okay? There's only one guy that agreed with me, and that's Chad Brown. Only one guy who agreed with me mm-hmm. because he was getting attacked on Twitter as well. He and I spoke last night on the phone about this. Huh? I said, listen, I-, I feel like I'm in my own bunker, but thank goodness I have a former NFL player who is a multiple-time All-Pro who happens to be a defensive player, and defensive players happen to defend defensive players in the foxhole with me. Yeah, So I'm glad about that. He was off both of his feet, period, period, indisputable. He left with both feet in the air, period. Bang, bang, play, both feet were in the air. That in itself, according to the rule, is a penalty. Yeah, just call it then. That's my deal. I I, I hear what you're saying. I don't care. Well, you know what? You're, you're right. You can't leave your feet and launch. But for God's sakes, call the play. I mean, how much how much do you need to think about it in the aftermath. If it's that obvious to you, right. call the damn play. 
Okay. Well, that's all. Not five seconds later. I because I feel like that thing was like you know what kind of damage did he take? Uh, there was like an assessing of the situation. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Let me ask I've you. got no problem with the letter of the law. If the letter of the law is broken, flag the guy. Let me ask you something. Sure. Don't you think that every time there is a play, a referee could probably wait five seconds and call a holding penalty? What does that have to do with yesterday? What? If it was that obvious, if what you just said mm-hmm. was that obvious, yep. you just you you sitting there at home. I mean, you sat there and and said. Boom, here's the rule. You're not going to give so you have to have you have to have immediate gratification. That's the way it works. I think it Because by the way, I think you, it makes it much more I think it makes believable. it believable. No, I don't think it makes it more believable, but I think that when you are are when we're still in an interpretive stage of things, instead of black and white, it makes it look like it's an interpretive call instead of calling the play black and white. You leave your feet, you launch, that's the penalty. It's not, well, how did the quarterback, you know, fare? Did he fare okay? Is he all right? Or is he laying there on the field? And five seconds later, it's like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to call this penalty. You and I have had this conversation before. Right. Which is sometimes referees make their call based on the result instead of the intent. Okay, and, I, and I've used this analogy, and it's a crude analogy, and I get it. If you're walking out of your house, and you know you want to kill someone, you know you want to kill someone, okay, and you got them at point-blank range, and instead of shooting them in the face, you shoot them in the leg, that means you're a bad shot. That's what that means. The intent is you meant to kill the person. That, that was your intent. But in the in in the courts, it's not about intent. It's about the result. If you killed that person, you get a harsher sentence. If you shoot him in the leg, it's attempted murder. You shoot him in the face and kill him, okay. it becomes murder. So because of that, that's what you're judged on. Okay. The result on okay. the result, not necessarily the intent. It, I don't believe I don't believe that Baron Browning's intent was to hurt him. I don't believe that one bit. However, at the end of the day, whether where do you have a problem with a five second? I do dip- have a problem with it because, because that is where the controversy of that play lies. If that no, means, no, they, no, that if, if he would have called well, it immediately, I respectfully people, disagree people would have been upset about it. Let me ask you according. If you don't like the rules, take it up with the NFL, mm-hmm. take it up with the competition committee. Mm-hmm. Don't take it up with the referees. They're bad enough. You should, we shouldn't just keep piling on. With that, was it the correct call? Was it just yes. plain enough said? There you go. No, we, we agree. See, I no, we agree that it was, was it the, the right correct call? call. It was done incorrectly. That makes what? The, the, it the 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 call when you have so much controversy over interpretation and the way that plays are being called. You open yourself up for second guessing. The letter of the law is the letter of the law. What the hell changed in five seconds? I, I'm sorry. We're, we're not going to agree on this. You're not going to. You're not going to get me off of the ledge. Nor am I going to try to get you to another way of thinking. It's not that important. the 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 right call was was uh, was eventually made, and that is 
kind of where we live. So you have Good. a problem with the timing of it? I have problem with opening yourself up to interpretation of a rule that doesn't seem to be universally applied in the same way. It's a problem that the NFL has right now. Correct. They need to get it figured out or just be more consistent Do about you it. think that if referees had these jobs as full-time jobs, because they don't. No, they don't. They are not full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. If they were full-time jobs, you think we'd be having these problems? I think there'd be less of them, probably, right? Probably, so that's, so that's probably the, so less that, of them, I would guess. on the league. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess that's on the league. Fair enough. All right, uh, coming up after the break, Broncos defense, 15 turnovers over his last four games. We keep saying, is this really sustainable? So far, it has been. Okay? So, is this sustainable? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, it's never too early to start thinking about lunch or dinner. What are you going to do? My suggestion, smoke in Dave's Barbecue and Brew off of 36 in Pecos. Now that the weather is getting cooler, much cooler, I think comfort food. What do I want? I want a plate of smoked meats like ribs and sausages and brisket. And give me some of that mac and cheese. How about some collard greens? That's comfort food. And mm. when it's cold outside, that's what you're thinking about. Nobody does it better than smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. All their desserts are homemade as well. Bread pudding, outstanding. They have n- great non-barbecue options. The chicken marsala, honestly, is the best in town. They are more than just the best barbecue spot in town. They're one of the best restaurants in town. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, you can find them again off of 36 and Pecos. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. Every time the Broncos had a big game with turnovers, you're thinking, well, is this really sustainable? I mean... Can you really get 15 turnovers in four games? Uh, well, yeah. Well, the Broncos have. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you think this defense can continue forcing turnovers at least a couple of games? I think that their mindset is that that's who they are. So, yeah, I, I think they are a ball hawking group. They bring heat to the ball, and once they get multiple guys there 
The rest of the guys are all ball hockey. So this is something or other that I think that has come to define them. They like that they like being recognized that way, and they understand the overwhelming importance of turning other teams over and giving offenses short fields. It has been the biggest factor in them winning five straight games. You can see that when they tackle a runner with the ball, they are actively trying to strip it. From the very first play of the game yeah, yesterday. And, yeah, and then in the, in the, in the previous two games, Jaquan McMillan was a part of one. Got one on the first play. Right. You can just see it. And sometimes when defenses are not aggressive, yeah, they're making tackles. I get it. But you don't see them actively trying to strip the ball. Mm -hmm. There was a great example. There are a lot of great examples where Alex Singleton made a tackle on the sideline and he was actively just trying to rip that ball out. Dig it out. And that's the type of stuff that you practice. Yep. That is the type of stuff that permeates through a locker room that if he's going to do it, I'm going to do it. I think trying to strip the ball is a mindset that takes on an identity of its own. I agree. That's well put. And I would apply that to where the Broncos are right now. It's how they are defined. And uh, and it and it fits. Um, it is a fun group to watch play football right now. Uh, they get on the field and there's some swagger there and, and it's growing. It's, it's been, it's been a pretty remarkable thing. Um, Outside the turnovers, which are, which has fueled this defense clearly. Are there other reasons just as important as the turnovers that have, that has transformed this defense? Because I can think of a couple things. Other things beyond the turnovers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, they have, uh, in Patrick Sertan, they have a player that you can basically put out there and you don't have to worry about anything else. Um, they have gotten, they have, they have gotten so much more sound and responsible in their, uh, in, in the run game. That has been a huge difference. Now, look, the two games previous to this, they they didn't defend the run particularly well, but they were absolutely great yesterday. Well, the, well, but wait a minute. With the Browns, it's not too hard to turn them into a one-dimensional team because of who's playing quarterback. Well, it's still the third-ranked rushing offense in the NFL. No, I got you. So, I mean... But, but remember, you, you're saying that with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. Well... You're saying that with Deshaun Watson. As well, Deshaun Watson, I think, has he's missed he he missed like two or three games earlier, two games earlier, and then he missed the the game against the Steelers. So I mean, there there've been it hasn't all been Deshaun Watson. I understand that, but it plus to, he didn't start the season either, did he? When you look at them as the third ranked rushing mm-hmm. offense, I think that's like saying. Well, look at the Broncos' defense overall. They don't look like one of the top defenses in the league. You know why? Look at what happened against the Jets. Look at what happened against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. It's a cumulative yeah, stat. Sure. That's what it is. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, when he played, he only played two games. Right. He only played a couple of games. And he had a game where he rushed for over 100 yards. 
He had another game where he rushed for just 64, but he had 6.4 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. We're talking about cumulative stuff with the with the Browns. Also, their their philosophy is very similarly built to the Broncos. Yes. Run the ball, play great defense. Exactly. So if you're going to do that, mm-hmm. okay, then you're probably going to have one of the top rushing offenses too because you're staying committed to the run. You may not be up there with yards per carry, but you're certainly going to be up there with yards in general. They don't have, they didn't have a quarterback who could throw the ball. They didn't have two quarterbacks who could really throw the ball. So you go with what your strength is, and it is running the ball. I, I'm not going to call them a great rushing offense. That's all. That's all they can really do. So they have to keep pounding it, hoping that their defense wins close games. That's what the Broncos are trying to do right now. Sure. But losing Deshaun Watson, I think, plays a pretty significant role because at least there was a threat of Deshaun Watson out there trying to run the ball or trying to pass the ball. You know, Deshaun Watson, you know, let's look at his rushing totals this year. 45 yards, 22 yards, 22 yards, 37 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. And while he's not the prolific passer that he was with the Houston Texans, at least he was more of a threat where you had to take into account his legs and throwing the ball, and that opens up some things for what your philosophy is, which is running the ball, keeping the game close, let your defense win you a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree, but I do think that they've been, they're a run team first with or without Deshaun Watson. Right. Right. That's, but, that's, that's Kevin Stefanski's MO. That's right. what they're trying to do. Right. That's who they're trying to be. So there is no question the Browns offensively are compromised by the loss of Deshaun Watson. Let's let's be very clear about that. I mean, if, if, no the, doubt about if the Broncos go into a playoff game and a team decides to put eight guys in the box, mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson might actually have a day. Sure. Okay. Right. But if you put eight guys in the box... Uh, against Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is probably going to pick you apart a little bit, although their wide receiving core isn't great. And my goodness, how many more passes could they have dropped? That doesn't help either. No. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. You seem to be in deep thought. Well, I'm thinking more about the Deshaun Watson thing. How many games has Deshaun Watson missed? He played in six. Played in six games. Okay, well, we're 11 in. Right. So the Browns are who, I mean, I think it's other people have played football about half of the time at quarterback for the Browns. By the way, the quarterback that they had, he was having more, he was having success passing the ball. Yeah. Why? Because the Broncos were stacking the box. The problem for the Browns was they had a difficult time moving the ball up and down the field Yep. because their wide receivers and, and Joku kept dropping the ball. Yeah. And Joku had a tough day. He sure did. No question. Coming up after the break, did Deion Sanders admit after the Utah game that maybe he isn't the type of recruiter that we thought he was? Hmm. Has he fallen back to the pack with every other college head coach? By the way, every other college head coach doesn't have a 4-8 and record. But when it comes to recruiting and the transfer portal, does he still have that magic elixir of getting who he wants? You know where to find me. You know what? 
they do know where to find you. And you better have a checkbook with a lot of money in your bank account. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, myliesports.com. You can reach us. On the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Buff season is over, lost their final six games, finished with a 4-8 and eight record. But what I found interesting following the game was something that Deion Sanders had to say about the transfer portal and recruiting. And many of us thought, hey, Deion Sanders, all that charisma, can walk into any living room and out-recruit people because of who he is as a person, how positive he can be, what he was like as a player, And he just, I believe, admitted to everyone that that charisma has its limits. This is what he said following the game about where this program is going. He said, we're getting there. We definitely need giving, if you know what I mean. It's unfortunate to say this, but some kids cost. If you start looking at some of the top teams in the country, you see what was spent. I think we're seeing the little man behind the curtain and the little man behind the curtain is saying, yeah, you got a lot of charisma, Dion, but you better have some money to back it up. Yeah. I think that his charisma, his identity, uh, his ability to communicate will all continue to pay dividends. But I do think that there is a very real component in college sports now, and it's the bottom line of the bank account and the pocketbook. Look, he's spending, well, not he, but in NIL, and this is just ballparking, between three players, about eight and a half, nine million dollars, something like that, right? His two sons, Shador and, uh, Shiloh, and Shiloh, and then you have Travis, Travis Hunter. Hunter. Um, That's a lot of money. For three players. And it's a lot of money for a school that really wasn't invested in NIL before he got there. Well, it's a school that, that the athletic director made the comment, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay for it, but this is what we're going to pay for him. No, we don't know how we're going to pay for him. Yeah, right. Talking about Dion. I don't know <laughs> right. how we're going to pay for him. I don't know him. how we're going to pay for him. I mean, you know, so there are challenges there. Look, as we move forward, it's all about NIL. All about NIL. So let me ask you something. I understand what Dion Sanders brings to the program. I get it. Raise the level of excitement. Stadium sold out, 
Games on national television. Expectations. All of, all of those things that make you feel good and want to be a part of a program that has those things. So, when we saw how he coached this year, which was plenty of game management decisions. There are lots of areas of improvement in game management that he can make. Is Deion Sanders like every other coach then? Well, in, if, 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 the, if, if all the money is the same. If all the money's the same, all the money's the same. You want him as your head coach? Well, he might be actually behind coaches in that regard, right? Because he's figuring it out. L- look, am I going to bet against Deion Sanders? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not betting against Deion Sanders. I'm, I'm not going to. I think Deion Sanders will do enough self scouting to know where he has to make big quantum leaps in his ability to coach, put together a roster, etc. The the transfer portal opens a week from today and it will be open for a month and it's open again in the spring for a certain amount of time. There were what was it 27 28 kids that left this program last year after the spring game through the transfer portal. The transfer portal is going to give and it's going to take away for Colorado now. There are kids in that program and you're a fool to sit there and think, well, they just want to be they just want to be along for the ride. <laughs> you know what no, they might lose? You know what? You know what they, they might lose? And and Sanders said as much. The quarterback who played against Utah had yeah. a pretty good game. Yes. He I think he's gone. Kid played a nice game. I think he's gone. I, I and mean, I think Sanders said as much like yeah, this guy's good enough to play, right. but he's going to be sitting behind Shadur. Yeah. And how about Edwards coming back? No use of the running game. Nothing at all. How, how much is he tied to this program? This is a guy that was originally declared at Kansas State, then went to, no, to Notre Dame before Dion went and got him. Barely used. Barely used. You can make the argument. 30% of his workload was in the very first game. Right. And that was basically about it. You're talking about one of the most highly recruited running backs in the country. And you couldn't find a way to use him. Right. I mean, so it's going to be interesting. It's not all just going to be, well, we'll just go out and get ourselves a lot of five, four or five-star junior college uh, recruits. You're going to have to pay those guys, too. you got to pay those guys. By the way, so, one thing that flew very low under the radar, big blow for Colorado when they just lost out on a four-star recruit who's expected to enter college in the 2025 season, Antoine, Antoine Hill Jr. Decommitted for Colorado and did it right after they lost to Utah. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing this kid is looking at Colorado saying, yeah, I want to play for Deion Sanders, but I don't want to play uh, for a 4-8 and eight coach. Even though he's new, right. I don't want to play where they don't have an offensive line, and I certainly don't want to play for a school where the coach's son broke a bone in his back because the offensive line was that bad. Well, there's a certain amount of reality to that. Guy has 30 offers. Right. He can pick wherever he wants Any to go. Any place he wants to go and make plenty of money. And by the way, this isn't the first four or five-star recruit they've lost. They lost another guy earlier this yeah. season. Yeah. It, like the, I the, said. The shine, I'm sorry. And, and CU is much better today, much better position today oh my God. Not even, than they not were even under comparable. Carl Durrell. Not even comparable. But the shine is off now. Yes. And then when you have Sanders coming out and saying, we need more money, 
He's just become everybody else. He has literally just become NC State head coach Dave Dorn, who came out and said publicly, he said, can we get 500 fans to donate $1,000 each so they can, quote, recruit, retain, and develop players? The head coach who makes $5 million a year just asked the fan base for $5 million. You know what? You, you should have a good, you should have a better collective. Collectives are basically the entities that do the work for programs. You better, that's, that's another layer of coaching slash administration that has to be taken care of in this day and age. Colorado is doing it now. Right. Colorado is doing it now, but I'll tell you this. We've already, we've, we've talked about Deion Sanders probably having a, a short shelf life mm-hmm. at Colorado before he goes to somebody else. And you and I had this conversation um, about Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dion's name was mentioned. I don't think he was a serious candidate. No. But he was mentioned. And you said to me, and I don't disagree with you, Deion Sanders does not have the type of personality where he's going to want to listen to boosters who write checks. This is Dion's program. All due respect to Rick George, he is the athletic director of the basketball teams and everything else. He is not the AD of the football team. The AD of the football team is Dion Sanders and the people around him. But with that, I think Dion Sanders, with that one quote, basically said, you know what, I might have to listen to some of these boosters because if I don't, I'm not going to get the money to get the players that I want. Well, I mean, it's a simple reality of where college football and college sports in general is right now. His issues to me are even more immediate. Um, how do I put together a roster? How do, and, and NIL obviously has a lot to do with that. How do I improve in game management? What have I learned about myself as a head coach in managing a game that gives us the best chance to win. I do believe that Deion Sanders is a really smart dude. And yes, there's a lot of flash. There's a lot of bravado. And that's that's fine. That's part of who he is. But in his quiet moments when he's watching film and he's self-assessing, can he be honest about their shortcomings as a program on the field this year and make the steps necessary to improve because they've got a long way to go. Do you think teams in the Big Ten and the SEC would even consider Deion Sanders to be their head coach right now? No, I, I, don't, I don't think at this the point. The luster's off. No, yeah, not at this point. I, right. I, I, really, I really don't. And I think there are a lot of athletic directors out there who thought about Deion Sanders as their head coach are all thinking to themselves, He's exactly what I thought he was. There aren't many. Well, okay. There aren't many programs that needed the splash and the and the right. sizzle that like Colorado did. Right. I mean, most of these programs have some level of consistency or foundation on which to build. Colorado he, was nil. Dion was the right man at the totally. right time. Kind of like John Fox was the right guy at the right time as well, following Josh yeah. McDaniels. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll dive into the weekend it was in college football, and Texas A&M has hired a new head football coach. Good news for Colorado or not a big deal? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Carry the mule. Now, 
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All righty, guys. This weekend in college football, Michigan beat Ohio State by six points minus Jim Harbaugh. Washington won a close one over Washington State in the Apple Cup. And Alabama survived against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Uh, in the AP Top 25, Ohio State slips to, to number six. So the Washington-Oregon Pac-12 championship game will be a top-five matchup. Uh, your thoughts and reaction to the college football from the weekend? Well, the Iron Bowl finish with Auburn and Alabama was just absolutely off the charts. Washington was very underwhelming in its win against Washington State. I'm taking Oregon all day long in that championship game. All day long. Um, and then Michigan... Job well done. Absolutely. More power to what is that? Three in a row now in that matchup. So the worm is turned in that rivalry. And uh, and I thought they did a really good job. It was a, it was an interesting game to watch. Not particularly fun, I didn't think, but whatever. The Pac-12 will have a representative in yeah. the championship. You know, bracket, sure. whatever right. you want to I would think it. so. Yeah. yeah, if Oregon beats an undefeated Washington mm-hmm. team, Ohio State's not jumping them. Their right. season's done. Their next game is going to be a bowl game, and it's not going to be in the in the national semifinals. Right. So even if Washington loses and is no longer undefeated, you have to move. You have to keep Oregon in the top four, don't you? I get a big chuckle out of Texas fans, who I always get a chuckle out of because that's just they're funny. But hey, they beat Alabama, and by the way, that's probably the biggest win of the season on the road at Alabama. You're damn right. I tip my hat, but. You're telling me that that's going to be better than beating the number three team in the country, albeit on a neutral field, to win a to win a Pac-12 championship? Don't get into the compare and the contrast. To me, Oregon would make the most sense um, to advance in that scenario. So, whatever. All righty, just in case you missed it, Texas A&M and Duke's Mike Elko have reached an agreement to make him the school's next head coach. Uh, Elko is a former Texas A&M defensive coordinator who left there two years ago to take the Duke head coaching job. And then since his departure after the 2021 season, A&M's performance has dipped. They've only gone 12-12 and the past two seasons, which is why the school paid that record $76 million to buy out Jimbo Fisher. 
Do you think Dion was ever a real threat to leave for Texas A&M or not? No, not really. I don't. Dave Elko makes perfect sense. He's a guy ingrained in their culture. Um, let me tell you about a little bit about Texas A&M, College Station, Texas, Bush family, the whole nine yards. There is so much money in that community, not too far from Houston, that Texas A&M should be a factor in the national championship race every year. By the way, I'm going to walk something back. Um, I said there's going to be a Pac-12 representative. Even if Oregon beats Washington, Florida are you, State, are you really going to take out an undefeated Florida State? You may. No. You may. I, no, I don't think it'll happen. Okay. I, at the end of the day, Oregon played a tougher schedule. Mm-hmm. How do you take an undefeated team out of a Power Five conference and say you you did every they did everything mm-hmm. that they were asked to do? You are absolutely that was right. on their schedule. I don't think that Florida State's going to drop out. Where's Florida State ranked right now? Four. Four. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Now, hold on. You, now, now, what? Now, what you can do is Washington drops out. Yes. And then Oregon just Oregon becomes number four, and Florida State jumps to number three. I mean, that could happen. I think. I think that is your possibility. There's no way you're taking Florida State out. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not arguing against Florida State. I'm arguing against Texas or Alabama. Yeah. At this point. I don't think either have a shot. No, Oregon would replace Washington. Correct. That would be that would be my scenario. Right, and Florida State will stay in. So yeah, the Pac-12 will have representation. There's no question. That's my opinion. All right. So right. anyway, I wanted to walk it back, but get your thoughts. And I'm not. No, gonna, no, no. It's all. No, good. I'm not going to walk it back. F it. I'm it's not going to. <laughs> no way. I'm walking it back. Forget it. I don't walk things. Well, back. you end up. We end up at the same place. By the way, how am I looking with my 10 win prediction for the Broncos right now? Pretty good, right? Yeah. At this believe point, me, believe me, I'm not crowing about that. No, that was uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have great specials going on, specifically on wine. They have weekly specials going on with wine. All wines from Italy are 15 percent off. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area. Every delivery over 200 bucks is free. Or go check them out off of Colfax, or you can order online on their app. That is going to do it for us, Nigel. Alex, great job today. Good way to start the week. Yep. Make it the best possible day you can.